Remember, I say that line <laughs> to you all the time. Yeah. You know where I got that line from? Where? TMNT, the the, the animated movie. Sounds like he'd come from there. What line? <laughs> when they would go, uh, like say something to me, like, oh, uh, your mom's so fat that she has to use the Saturn rings as a hula hoop. Well, that would make it your mom too, idiot. <laughs> and it was it was Michelangelo doing a dissolute Leonardo. And he said that line, and I, I, I've been saying it ever since, and it never really hits, but I use it still, because I think it hits well. But to me, it sounds smart, but it's not. It's from a cartoon. Was it from the cartoon or the Michael Bay movie? Cartoon. Which Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle do you think both of you are? I feel like I'm just like all of them. All the good qualities I of each like, one. I feel like Dalton always wanted to be... Dalton's Michelangelo. No, he wanted to be Raphael. Oh, he wants to be Raphael. He wants to be Raphael no, so bad. Definitely. You just do not give me Raphael vibes. But I'm, I was, I'm as aggressive sometimes. No. No. Like on Michelangelo, like on normal days, but when you guys get me really like angry... You're still I, Michelangelo, but I go you're just a mad... Raphael. Yeah, you're just, you're just, mad, you're just Michelangelo. a mad <laughs> Michelangelo. I've always wanted to be... Uh, you're Leonardo. Wait, 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 what weapon does he have? He's the no, blue Matt's one. not Leonardo. He's Matt a, fucking wishes he is, is Leonardo. He, is, he, is that the bow staff? Is that the no? Bo- you fucking idiot. Okay, well tell me. That's um. <laughs> yeah, you fucking idiot. I think Leonardo has a That's bow Donatello. staff. Donatello. Donatello is me. You're definitely Donatello. He's the nerdy lame wait, one. Hold on, right? hold on. Yeah, you're Donatello. I'll be Michelangelo. Matthew, you can be. Um, He's not Raphael either. You be Splinter. Why am I not Raphael? Because you're not angry either. Yeah, I'm you... really not angry. I, I don't like being angry. It's not a good. It's not a good look for me. It's okay, not. So Donatello's got the bow. Is that me? Is he the blue one? Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Donatello's not the blue one. Okay, I'm looking. Leonardo. I'm literally Donatello looking. has the bow. Staff. There's a blue one, a red one, a I'm... purple one, and a and a and a orange one. An orange one. Yeah, orange one. I'm literally looking. I will tell you. Just Donatello's got a bow. Oh, that's me. Leonardo's got the katana. Yeah, that's you. Michelangelo's got the nunchucks. Yeah. Raphael's got the side, which is like the two little knives. The two daggers. Okay, so who's who? You're Leonardo. I'm Leonardo? Yeah. So I got the katanas? You're the leader. Yeah. I'm the no, leader. No, he's not. You follow Don't me, bitch. Don't put that in his head. He's already fucking over his head already. Who's Dalton? He's Michelangelo. I can't even drive. I can't ride a skateboard. Yeah. How am I going to get around? Yeah, Dalton's the orange one. He just always wants to fucking eat. He's the one that says, cowabunga, dude. Yeah, always got stupid ass sayings. Oh yeah. Oh, that's that's from the two thousands, uh, TMNT. But actually, the turtles are part of like this theory called the four humors. But yeah, we'll get more into that in a second, David. Uh, go ahead and roll that intro, bro. Nah, yeah, roll the intro, David. Let's, let's get on those four intros. Four four humans. What? Four. Let's talk about this topic, David. Roll the intro. That's what you say when you don't remember what we're gonna talk about. Just something very <laughs> generic. I'm trying to remember it. Just run it. I'm drum. I'm drummer. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody. And as always, we are your hosts. I'm Drum. I'm Drummer. And this is week 24. Week 24, guys. Week 24. Backwards, it'd be 42. You guys don't even know it. All right, that's 20 plus 4, 24. Shout out, Kobe. Peace. It's our Kobe episode. It's our Kobe episode, bro. That's oh, a big yeah. episode for us. It is. It is. And this is literally the longest thing you and I have ever consistently done together. 24 episodes. Dude, we've, been, we've been doing this 24-7. Hmm. All right. All right. Great. It was off to a strong start. We are. So, yes, like I was saying. All uh, right. Well, we're going to... David, shut, what shut were up. you saying? Shut up. We're, we're listening to David right now, I'm in Matt. extra host mode today. Sorry. So, this is, <laughs> this is a proto-psychological theory called the four temperament theories 
which says that there are four fundamental personality types sanguine choleric melancholic and phlegmatic i want to be sanguine that just sounds sick is that is that mine who is i again i think so uh i'm leo sanguine is air and socially useful I feel like I'm a socially useful individual. So hold on. Sanguine personality type is described primarily as being highly talkative, enthusiastic, active, and social. They tend to be more extroverted and enjoy being part of a crowd. They find that being social, outgoing, and charismatic is easy to accomplish, and they have a hard time doing nothing and engage in more risk-seeking behavior. Fucking dude, I've been sand struggling in this quarantine over here. It's Maggie. Although, hold on, because choleric individuals also tend to be more extroverted, and they're described as independent, decisive, goal-oriented, and ambitious. Oh, which one is that one? That's Leonardo. Yeah, that's me. These combined with their dominant result-oriented outlook make them natural leaders. Yeah, I feel like that's me. But they're also violent, vengeful, and short-tempered. Yeah, it'll piss me off. Melancholic individuals <laughs> are analytical. They don't all have to be you. <laughs> I'm That's just, gonna change. I'm all of them. You're going to change your whole personality just to fit that. <laughs> Melancholic individuals tend to be analytical, detail-oriented, and they are deep thinkers and feelers. They, they are self-reliant individuals who are thoughtful, reserved, and often anxious. They strive for perfection within themselves, and it leads to tidy and detail-oriented behavior. That's, that's Donatello, for sure. And then Dalton Sanguine. Dalton's the first one that I talked about. Oh, yeah. That makes way more sense. I'm not Sanguine. You're Sanguine, bro. And then You're this so is sanguine. I'm a sand queen, but not a sand queen. <laughs> but uh, okay, good. There's a joke worse than mine in the beginning. I'm happy with that. <laughs> but so it, it's it's a trope. It's actually like there's a on TV tropes. There's a thing where it's like if there's a cast of four each in of it, them takes that. That makes sense. One of each character have, takes that. Have you guys ever noticed that like a lot of sitcoms there's certain archetypes? Yeah, like like what's an archetype? David. <laughs> 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 That's it's like, just oh, like Joey, just handle it for me. It's it's a general outline of a character. So like each show has the like the outsider. So, that, so that's like Barney from High Mate Mother. That's Kramer from Seinfeld. Monique did not think of that Barney. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought of the, the purple bar. I'm like, he's the whole he's the main character. <laughs> there's uh like Phoebe from okay. Friends. Yeah. So so there's Michelangelo. Did you guys ever hear about the Phoebe Friends thing? Like the conspiracy theory? No, what happened? That Phoebe, like, this is all basically in Phoebe's mind. That's why she's always the one that's like, oh, I knew that was happening, or calling things out, or like, somehow is smarter than everybody else and knows everything. It's supposed to be, like, her mind. It's all in one dream. And there's a reason for it, like, in season four or five, when they're all in bed together, like, the picture for the whole season. Yeah. They're all in bed together, waking up. But Phoebe is the only one with the eyes open. It's because this is all her world. Oh. Not theirs. That's interesting. It's kind of like the the all. I mean, we can. This is gonna get us down a rabbit hole. Uh, but I mean, like all the ones that come with like SpongeBob and you know the Seven Deadly Sins. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Rugrats and the fact that um, it's all Angelica's imagination because you know she's an only child or whatever. Whatever that she's one is. She's an only child. Tommy was stillborn. Chucky died with his dad in an accident. Yep. The twins were the twins were a miscarriage, so they didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I I wonder. I really want a, like a creator of one of these shows to come out and be like, "Yes, this is why." But they never will. That that's what they want you to do. They want you which to keep I get. Like they, they want question everything. They, they want it to be open to interpretation. And like, if it's kind of like music, like you know, if music means something to you and it fits a part of your life, like there will be a song that will just like hit a chord with you and be so important and meaningful. And it can mean something very different to the person that wrote it. And I think that that interpretation is what makes things really, really, like, beautiful and interesting, right? Yeah. 
But some of these are just so interesting, and I just want to know, like, is it actually just all a coincidence, or did they actually intend for it to be like that? And it bothers me that I'm never going to get to know this. But, like, because I always think of it this way, like, I've never looked, like, you know how you're in English class, and you they make you think about every detail why Romeo would do this to Juliet, and it'd be, like, fucking boring as shit, and I would fall asleep every time, but that's, like, critical thinking, right? <laughs> I do that, but with movies, I can't do it for like a book or for like one of those, like what they have us do, but it makes sense why we would think like that in a book, but it makes more sense to do critical thinking in a movie because there's less things to go off of. It's much so it's more, more to think open about. to interpretation yeah. because it's all visual compared to like writing usually has like, it, it's, it is. It's more it, specific. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so some, some examples in pop culture is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then, the Sex and the City Women. I've oh, never watched the Scooby Doo Gang. Oh, hold on, hold on. I don't know about those. Okay, before, I'm gonna forget. But I remember the like, Beatles. If you think about, oh, okay. if you think about like King of Queens, everybody loves Raymond. Anytime there's a everybody husband and wife, it's always Chris. responsible, bitchy wife, and then dumb as hell husband. Yeah, it, it's like that's the duo. Like the the wife always comes off as like she's got her shit together, yeah. but she's always so stressed out because. So she comes off as like irritable and like bitchy. And George it's like, Lopez. George Lopez. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then the husband is just this fucking guy that it's like very stereo, like traditionally. He, 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 modern family. Modern. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like modern family is amazing. So it's like those like stereotypes and like those all, are archetypes. What, those would the, are archetypes. what would be the archetypes in Jersey Shore? Young, dumb kids. Yeah. That one is they're, just, how old. When the, they well, do that's that, also you know? like scripted, you know? Yeah. But is you it? have, there's still like, you have the leader, which I think was Mike. The situation you had like the wild one, which was Snooky. You yeah, had relationship. And you had like the fire. You had like the fire one, which is like Wow or whatever. Wow. I always actually. They still. They still like Very can different fit people. into. Yeah. <laughs> they can still fit into uh, like roles. Yeah, yeah. That happened. But I, I feel like the roles are like. I feel like it's based off of like group dynamics. Like I feel like. Well, that's e- what it, even yeah. if you're not traditionally like somebody that is you know. A leader if you're around other people that aren't as much of a leader and that's a trait that you have over them then you would naturally become that person yeah you know? are there are there like specifically like a few that pair very well together and others that don't well remember when i was talking about like this yeah and like how this fits the idea of the mind complex yeah of there's an id there's an ego and there's a super ego yeah and i was like luckily even even though we're not only that we have been subscribed to each role you are the id you're like the base impulses that just speaks whatever they want definitely you have the super ego which is matt which is much more like dick critically thinking and oh. and much more rules and like and uh, thicker thighs structurally based and then you have the ego which sits in between and manages both sides yeah got it we are the brain so that's why there's like there's a there's one for yeah, four the people brain. there's one for three people and then twos are just opposite to tract. Okay. Twos usually you just need to have two wildly differently thinking. I want to think about like what would kids most like? Because if you're if you're a kid, you don't know if you're. Maybe that comes naturally, or you see like your family do it. But if you're watching TV shows, like what's gonna really like push you to think a certain way? You know, because we we were stuck with like all these like cartoons that either made us like stupid. I feel because like you're saying that like, about, like just saying peaking in the brain. You're saying that about Avatar. No, Avatar is different, but that was when I was in my teens. Well, I'm talking like it, as a kid, kid. Like you watch Yogi or Flintstones. How does that change the way you think about things? Uh, and like, what what are their personalities that make you pick up on those? 
I think the biggest thing that like a, a kid can pull from something like a lot of kids shows will have like a core message that they want to get across. There'll be some type of Do you remember dad's children book? So. so my dad wrote this children's book and it's basically it's all these different animals. And the core message behind this whole children's book is uh, I want like, to <laughs> is like we all need to help each other. Like we're all in this together, right? Teamwork, right? And you need to accept everybody, even if they're of different, you know, backgrounds, ethnicities, like all these different things, right? And so the way that that is portrayed in my father's book is uh, <laughs> there's all these different animals and they're leaving from school. And I forget what animal it was, but there's, I'm going to say the raccoon. Nobody likes the raccoon, right? And yeah. they're going and the raccoon gets stuck on these train tracks. And then and there's oh god, and there's a train that's coming, and luckily all the other animals go and they help the raccoon not get killed by this train, and they all like run off, right? But like the oh, core right. message behind all of that is, uh, you know, we need to take care of each other. We all need to be there. And so another example would be, you know, Barney. The whole point of the song "I Love You" is like we love each other, like we're all in this together. You I know? love you, you love me. But that raises a question that David brought up with there's a video game series called the Telltale Games. And uh, what that is is basically it's a it's a type of games where you are a character and you go throughout and certain situations pop up and you have four options. And each of the options tends to lean more towards like an attitude or a stereotype Mm -hmm. um, and you get to select it. And as you act throughout the game, there's different endings or people act to you differently right so yeah it's it's basically like a text-based adventure but instead of just reading the text it's fully you know animated and voiced and all that but yeah you say you and it usually comes like you have a choice to make between do i beat up this guy or do i let him go and it's like if you beat him up that the rest of the game is going to be changed by the fact that you beat him up and if you let him go like that happens with that I was playing the other day and just like these games, theoretical discussions aside, these games are made very bad. And it's weird because like most games that have such bad glitches and flaws and problems, you just be like, I'm never going to play this. But the story is so engaging that you want to stay with it. The story is engaging and also to, I think, so so there's a couple different games. So So the most, the two popular within, you know, our friend group is A Wolf Among Us. And the Batman game. They uh, also made like Walking Dead, Walking Game of Dead, Thrones, game of which Thrones. like Game of Thrones is the perfect kind that of game good. for that yeah. thing because every choice you make, it's so politically. But Walking Dead was probably the biggest one they made. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so let's ex- the Wolf Among Us is probably the most popular one that, and that's one that Monique and I got really, really into a couple years ago. And so it's basically the idea that you're the big bad wolf, and you live in this fantasy land where all of the fairy tales are living. All the, all the grim adventures are a thing and yep. all that stuff. And you are the sheriff. Yeah. And so all this stuff goes around and you get to decide what kind of sheriff you're going to be. Are you going to be a forgiving sheriff? Are you going to be, you know, uh, an asshole sheriff? Are you going to be a justice sheriff? Or are you going to be like a shady one, right? Uh, and so you get put into these conflicting situations where you have to choose what happens. And... Yes, the games are made very poorly. Um, David is playing the Batman one, and he just saw a scene where some woman that had hair had a whole conversation where she didn't, and she was just bald. It was just her face. Um, And the storyline is so good that Monique and I played Wolf Among Us, and we finally got to the very, very end part of the game. We're sitting there, and all of a sudden, the entire game had been in English, and the most critical parts 
what language were they did they start speaking in Monique? French. Started in French. So they start speaking in French and Monique and I like don't really realize what's going on at first. So I pause it and Monique looks at me. She's like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, uh, uh, I have an idea. So what we did was Monique took her phone. She went and it would ask you the question and then it would give you the four options and the four options are in French. So I would unpause it. Monique would take a picture with her phone and then I would pause it again. Then we'd go to Google translate and we would type it all in to see which option we wanted to do. So we go through, we play the last like 30 minutes of this game like this. And it's like, they, there's a timer for each selection that you get to make. And normally you get probably about like 30 seconds. Like it's a good amount of time. But this one was cut like to like a third. Like we had 10 seconds yeah. to make this thing happen. So it was so stressful. But the storyline was so good. And Monique and I needed to know what our decisions led us to. So we had to, to use Google Translate and solve it at the end. Even the subtitles were in French. Like that whole game ran weird, though. There was no translation. Though. There was no... We just had to keep pausing it. Google Translate, pausing it. Like Google that, Translate. It was always, like... It would always, like, shut out on you guys. I remember, yep. like... There was always some type of problem. It would take forever to load. Mm-hmm. You guys would wait, like, almost 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. But you guys kept playing. That's a lot of patience Dude, for that type of game, was, too. We were, so, we were so annoyed at the game that we were getting frustrated with each other over, like, something that had nothing to do with... Like, we couldn't control the fact that the game was, like... You know, the disc was scratched or it was, I think it was ahead of its time. I think it was too big for the power that, that what we were playing at the time. This was like five years ago. And I think we liked it so much because there's really nothing like it before. You know, you play a video game, you kill someone and then you go on to the next level. But I think too, it's even more of like when you get to try out a situation that you've never been put in before. So you get put there and you're like, what would I do in this situation? This is what I would do. Let's see how this plays out. Now, does the ending change? I I honestly don't know. I think there's that's four the biggest, and that's endings. the biggest criticism against it is that people are like, "Why am I going to do this if the if the outline of the story is never going to change?" Yes, sure, you can maybe change like details of it, but the story's still going to go one way for the most part and go all the way. I'll go finish that way yeah. to the end. But like, you want it to be uniquely your ending. So yeah. that's never going to happen, including in a and game so like that. So that's why some people are like, "I don't get how you people can play that." it's a false sense of control. And even if it is, I think it's just that sense of control. Like Monique is saying, you'd never have that before ever in a game. That's mostly just like, here's a scene, here's narrative, and then go and solve this puzzle. Yeah. You're you're told what to to get to. You get to put a piece of you in the story. Well, and that's, that's where it's like, do you want to play? Usually when I play those games, I play the way I would play. And so when I did this one, I was like, all right, let's role play and let's create yeah. What kind of Batman do I want to play? Yeah, and so, God, that, but but this, so so then you have this, to make choices that you VR. would as a person wouldn't make. But you're like, damn, I've subscribed yeah. to how I'm going to play this character in this thing right now. He'd be angry as shit, and he would make the right choice. Yeah. So See, I, I can't to, do that. Like I'm like definitely someone that's like I can only play it as myself because I like, I just I can't I literally I literally but then, but then you're gonna get curious. So yeah, you play it as yourself the first time, but since it's, it's such a replayable game, yeah, because one. You don't know what if an outcome could be different. So then what if you played it as the bad guy? What if you played it as the guy that always takes both sides? Like that's how you got to play it next. So you just keep playing it over and over again and you still get different stories. And that's why, yeah, that's why it's only like 10 hours long overall because then you're just supposed to play it multiple times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so this goes into uh, kind of as well as what we were talking about earlier, like Dalton sent David and I this YouTube documentary called Out of the Shadows. it's crazy it's and so it it raises the question of like one how much control do we really have 
It like, questions it, like, everything we see. Is the ending see. still going to be the same? Like kind of like in the Telltale games, regardless of what we do, the ending's going to be the same. I guess, quote unquote, do we have free will? Is is it all you know predetermined? But basically, Out of the Shadows is a documentary, and it's written and produced by these two stunt devils. Yeah, so it was these two guys who were who were in Hollywood, and they were stuntmen. Yeah, in Hollywood, high like literally almost every movie like yeah, uh, the, is it Batman amazing, Among Us, Spider Man, Spider Man, Batman uh, Among Us, like all, all these ones. Batman like, Among he's, Us. You just put the Wolf <laughs> Among Us and Batman together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, were, they were in the Batman movies. No, Batman what, for, what's what's the Batman, Batman Forever? Batman Forever. Um, they Batman Forever. They did Spider Man. <laughs> uh, uh, all all the way up to like Age of Ultron, Avengers, Marvel movies. They did all of them. Yeah, so these are like these are like the stunt guys. And just disclaimer halfway through a lot of this takes a turn it and, takes and it focuses the weirdest it's not what you expect darkest turn where you're watching it and you go how the fuck did i get here yeah it subtly brings you in deeper and deeper so does the, the focus of the world. documentary just shift from this initial idea of how so much you think it might be so so when you're watching it when you watch out of the shadows you don't really know what it's about and there's gonna be a lot of spoilers so if you do want to watch this I'll, i'm gonna give you i'll say spoiler do, do alert. A dry concept yeah bro. so it's basically about how controlled we all actually are and how the cia is not in, who we is, think they is are connected to hollywood and how all of the media that we're seeing mm-hmm. that the media is actually a giant communication system for the government and how they are controlling the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we go about our lives, and it goes through like certain testings they did, like the the MK Ultra testing, MK Ultra testing, which is them. what we talked about a while ago. Yeah, talked about like the testings on you know being so delirious that you hear these sounds, these noises that make you think a certain way, mm-hmm. but they're doing it subtly through TV. They're throwing signs out subtly, but it goes from that to cults. Yeah, and deep fucking the yeah, hardest you, oh so that's the turn cult there you, is. you take yeah. a hard right turn hard right and it turn just becomes like huge about satanism mm-hmm. and you know you, it's just the, the pool and all this stuff and adults sent about, it to me at yeah. like i don't know 10 30 yeah. and monique and i were watching it at like 11 and i was up and i was like i can't watch this tonight like this is like too freaking creepy and monique was like all like snoring in the corner pizza gate man bro that is that was insane that's insane man that's a whole different thing like we'll let you guys do the research on that we can talk about it in a few weeks once everybody feels like they've watched it uh but definitely watch out of shadows it's crazy it's it's, it's really really make good. sure it's called out of shadows it is it is, it is? Okay. um but so the, the question from this comes is like how much control do we really have do the are things our thoughts really our thoughts yeah are they our thoughts or are they things that we've been taught to think is mm-hmm. it a way that we've been constructed to think have you ever questioned everything that you've ever learned not till recently like the past maybe few years when i really started getting into conspiracy theories and really thinking about what we all really truly know and what's all reality what's fake like why do i stop myself here like why do i have certain beliefs you know questioning like god questioning anything really just trying to figure out why i think a certain way yeah you know like is this really my personality or is this a personality that was you know pushed to me to make me think a certain way like from tv from you know um parents raising me a certain way you know with all the combination of everything is there a reason why i am the way i am you know Mm -hmm. like how much of me is really me yeah 
compared to everything else that I've been taught, including with school, gets you in a system, makes you think a certain way. You're supposed to know this, this, and this. this is the only way you can learn these things. Yeah. You will not succeed if you go to call if you don't go to college. Yeah. All these like firm thoughts that we, me and you, at least grew up thinking. Yeah. You know, and you know it's not really true. Yeah. You know, you can still succeed. There's still other ways to Absolutely. do things, but like we've been so forced and trained for us to think a certain way, and like it is maybe may, may not be just from parents. It could also be from tv you know we hate tobacco because the, our state tells us we hate tobacco many times and drills it in our head yeah and you know and like just like things like that yes. really make you question everything yeah so i actually probably one of the most influential professors that i ever had during my time in college uh his name was jeffrey hicks so shouty toddy to jeffrey hicks shouty um he was an english professor that i had when i went to junior college and the way that he opened up the class was he goes Hey, do you guys have that one friend that just always has an opinion on everything? And no matter what happens, he always has arguments for it. And he's just always right. And everyone's all, yeah. And he just looks at us and he goes, well, I'm going to tell you how to tell that guy to go fuck off. And then that's, that's how he started the class. And I was like, I like this guy. But he had this whole segment. It was the whole second half of the class. And I don't know if it was actually, he twisted it to meet the curriculum the way it needed to be met. But to this day, it was the most influential half of the semester of, of schooling that I probably ever had, it really changed the way that I thought. And he called it reading through the bullshit. And I may have brought this up just because it's so much, it, it does mean a lot to me that I probably have brought it up on this podcast before. But basically it's like we go through and we look at these ads and we look at the commercials that are being put out and we look at all these different factors that are coming through the media and what are what's the message? What are they really trying to tell us, right? What are these subtle things that are being done and that's where i learned about the you know kind of like the archetypes that we were talking about earlier right that's where we learned about the responsible uh nagging wife and the you know dumbass husband can't make himself dinner can't fucking clean himself spill shit all over the place you know and the wife is the one you know taking care of the kids and this and that right reading through that what's the message they're actually trying to portray and the very very last day he stood in front of the class and he said i've really really enjoyed all of you guys this semester but please, from the bottom of my heart, at one point in your life, go and question everything you've ever learned. Is it really your thoughts? Are they really what you believe in? And if you come at the end of it and you do still believe that, great. At least it's yours. Don't take anything for granted. Don't take every thought that you have as being like, yeah, this is mine. Is it? Really dig into it because probably at some point it's not. Question it. Figure out if it is because at least when you go through that, if you come back to that same conclusion and you're like, you know what? No, that is right. I do believe that. At least it's yours. That set me on this path yeah. of like, I'm questioning everything. And a, a lot of it wasn't mine, right? A lot of our personalities that we've put together are really for, you know, when we get put into public situations. Always we, trying to please others. We want to be liked. We want to be accepted. We want to be, you know the kid that is able to get along with everybody and do this and that. And so we, we see these interactions and we see what works and what doesn't. That's why you get people in different areas doing different things because it's like what, works here to be accepted amongst all of us versus what works in, you know, uh, a, a more red state are two very different things. Those mm -hmm. statements probably sound very different. Mm -hmm. Those beliefs probably look very different. Yeah. I know yeah. when, um, like going back to like the smoking thing, like it's so hated here, there's propaganda in the sense of like, don't do this. It's bad, you know, or do this, you know, push away, you know, tobacco. But in new Orleans, people smoke everywhere. There's like, I've never seen a commercial promoting smoking 
ever since like I've been a kid. Like it would, it would come on randomly, but I never saw it. But in New Orleans, when I was trying the TV, smoking commercials every really? time. It was it was crazy. They're smoking freely on TV. Like it's not frowned upon. There's people smoking everywhere. That's crazy. In, in places like in restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Like it's everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, I never thought I, that was a thing anymore. I think the only tobacco commercial I've ever seen is it's more like of a it's like a backhanded compliment. It's always like really really fun and entertaining. But don't then at the very end, the it's like don't smoke. You know. But you know. So I think that it's good to question those things. Do you ever think that you know we we were raised when like phones and all this technology was just coming up. So we were like, we grew up with technology, but now there's pe- there's kids growing up that already have this technology, like al- already have the iPhones and they're only like three or four years old. So like, do you think from the documentary we saw how, how much more influenced these kids are going to be from TV, from video games? Will they be able to question themselves as much as we could? Or is, is, that, is that a strength that we have that these kids may not have in the future? So... I think that it really depends on how they use their technology. You think like how much time do they really have to reflect? No, I, if you think about it. No, I, I get it. But what, what what my point is is you can use technology the way everybody does. Everybody does this at some point, which is for entertainment. Mm-hmm. You look at it, you read these things, you see these headlines, right? You see all these things. But it's also such a useful. There's so much good shit going on, even right now, like even during this pandemic. There is so much good shit happening in the world. And you might need to take circumstances into situ- into consideration, right? So, like, I feel like what we would put, quote-unquote, as good is probably, you know, anything small can speak volumes. But I think it's how you use it. If you use technology strictly for entertainment, then you're kind of at the will of the people creating it, right? I yeah. do think they're at a disadvantage because they always have a screen in their face. Yeah, there's, From- never, there's never time to to reflect or to Bro, think. Monique and I FaceTimed uh Kason, which is our good friend's baby, uh for so his cute. his second birthday. See that video yesterday? Oh, so oh yeah, on the on his little scooter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so cute. He's a little skater boy. <laughs> and homeboy took his phone, went and set it up, leaned it up against something and then started showing us his toys. He just turned two. Like that that morning he turned two. So the screen is always in their face so much so that at the age of two, they know how to use it. They know how to utilize it. So it's like they know how these things work. So are they at a disadvantage in the fact of they're more susceptible to these things? Yes, they're more susceptible to seeing things that maybe won't have the most positive influence. But at the same time, they have so much knowledge and resources at their fingertips. But do we use it for that? I mean, do we even use it all the time? Like, I make an effort to. I mean, sometimes it's hard for me to even think about it. Oh, like, no. oh, I could have got this answer in two minutes, but instead I thought about it and I was like, oh, oh it's not going to happen. But so the thing is, is like, I don't think it should ever take place for thinking. You, br- you brought up critical thinking earlier, right? I think there's, if you can critically think about situations, you're going to be far ahead of most of the population. Yeah. Because some cause, people think that doing nothing is boring, but sometimes doing nothing is doing something in the most productive absolutely. way. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I know a lot of like, I mean, with me working with kids, I see that a lot where like they're doing nothing, but like, you know, it's okay. Like, think about what you're doing. Think about, you know, this next problem or like, don't try and go for a phone 24 seven. Let your brain have a thought. People tend to think of movement as progress. Yeah. And sometimes you're just moving to move. You know, you're going through the motions and progress is something very different. Progress is very intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm, I feel like I've been trying to make this point and I haven't been able to, but it depends on how you use it. And so if there's parents that are, for whatever reason, you need something dumb to listen to to get your mind off your kids yelling all the time and this is what you chose, please pay attention to what it is your kids are looking at. And I'm not saying that it's bad. 
I'm just saying be mindful of the age that they're at and the susceptibility that they they are at to all of this, you know, and and use your technology, better yourself, you know, like I had a professor that every single Tuesday, Adam, once a week, he would look at us and be like, do not be the same person that entered these doors seven days later. Like, go develop your craft, whatever that is. And yeah. it's a mantra that I live by, right? Develop your craft, whether that's being a better brother, or a better friend, a better boyfriend, a better husband, a better father, a better pet uh, pet owner, a better salesman, a better engineer, a better artist, whatever it is. Make sure that seven days from today, you're always better than you were the day before mm-hmm. that, that last week. You know, you can do that enough times. You're going to be all right. Yeah. Pay, pay attention to that stuff. And. I, we have so many resources that it's almost overwhelming, you know? We have so many reasons to forget what yeah, we were thinking about, too. Exactly. You know? You know? Um, I, I think like everything in moderation, you know? Definitely. Definitely. But yeah. Let's take a break. I want to go back to you guys talking about how much we're influenced by stuff, just overall stuff. And it sounded like it wasn't a fact of if we were influenced by things growing up, but what we were influenced by growing up. And does that mean that in the argument of nature versus nurture, you find very little influence from our own nature and that most of it is overwhelmingly coming from the way we're nurtured and the way we've been taught growing up. I could bring up an example of like a way that I thought that wasn't me that I was inspired by off of like TV shows and cartoons. But I mean like, do you think that no matter where you grew up, no matter who you were raised by, no matter anything, you would still be a certain way because that is the way you are. That is the way your DNA is built. Oh, I see, I see. I think nurture plays a larger role. You can't discount. Like, it's not all one or all the other, right? Like, they both play a factor into it. I believe that there are pillars of people that are just, that is in their DNA, that is who they are, and that is how they're going to be. Like, the fact that you, as a child, would rather spend all of your time sitting with the adults and asking questions with them rather than going out with playing with the other kids the way Dalton and Caleb and Aubrey did. Yeah. Is that because of something your parents did? I, I would think that that's just the that's way just Matt me. Drum is. Yeah, that's, that's a nature me. aspect. However, I think that environment is crucial. And you've I've told you I've told both of you I've told all three of you this. I believe environment if you give somebody an environment and space for them to flourish, they will. And that, now what that looks like, that might be a, a pillar that of their DNA, but I think that the way that people think and the way that people do things, I think that the environment that they're around and the things that they've been hearing and told, I think that, that plays a large role into it. And for you, I would knock that to Kimmy. Oh, absolutely. You know, for taking yeah. you out to all those things and forcing you to be social. Yeah, is, absolutely. It's a big thing, you yeah. know. I, I, I think we've talked about it on here and I've told dad and mom this both recently. I, I try to think of like me wanting to do, you know, concept art. Like what was like if I had any reason for me to be artistic at a young age or to even want to think about, you know, uh, doing art in the first place. But that never really was the case. I never really was into drawing um, or anything. The only time I actually started getting into it was like fifth grade. And that was because of my anxiety. So that was like that led me to, you know, coloring and that led me to drawing that led me to, you know, doing all the doodles and stuff. But I don't I feel like that wasn't a part of like nurture at all. Would it be? But would so, that be part because mom gave me that option? I think so. But I think, too, just knowing you, you're very hard on yourself. So when you don't, when something doesn't come easily to you, you don't, you, you run away. You, like, stop. You're like, okay, well, I'm obviously not good at this. Drawing is the first time that you gave yourself space to suck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because everything else, you've been like, well, this isn't naturally, this doesn't, this isn't in my nature to do this. This doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah. And then instead of being like, I'm going to 
give myself space and nurture this skill. And then now you're, I mean, you're way better than you were when you were a kid. And so like a a question of that would be, is that just the way Dalton was? Or could that be an effect of growing up with someone like you? Like, could you remember anything of like when I grew up? If you grew up succeeding at most stuff with not much of a struggle. Oh yeah, that was always rough. Is that what would affect Dalton into thinking, well, everything must just come easy and if it doesn't come uh, easy why then, it took me so long to I'm, try and learn guitar i won't shouldn't do it <laughs> yes but at the same time okay because that's that's a nurture versus a yes, nature I, of Dalton. Uh, just, again i i still think that nurture if you have somebody that it seems and i'm going to put an emphasis on the word seems uh it seems that everything comes naturally and easily to that individual and that's someone that you've grown up quote unquote in their shadow or somebody that you've always felt that you need to you know pass at some point right that's your competition if that's how you think and you're like that's how things need to be so if it's not like that then i shouldn't waste my time doing that yeah because i grew up with seeing you you know like this isn't just your fault or anything but i grew up watching you be successful in things yeah. you know and i was like oh it should be that easy to me you know i'm, I'm didn't see what you practiced yeah. you know so i just thought oh you just go and you do it and you're good yeah that's how that works and that's never really how it worked so that's why i would throw stuff down so quickly yeah, and so I, I, I do think that that happens, but at the same time, like, most of the stuff that I do now that I'm decent at, like, it's, like, I told Dalton and my dad this, because they both asked me, they're like, you know, you seem to have, like, taken great strides in, you know, guitar playing, or in public speaking, or in, or in this or that, it just seems to come naturally to you, and I'm like, in my head, it's like, no, I, like, I didn't go out and do things, I stayed home and practiced, like, I've anytime I have a, a speech that I have to give, I'm literally in my room for hours going over the same part to make sure that my inflections are, are are like on point and making sure that the message that I want to get across is properly portrayed. And I'm trying to find fun analogies to put in because like imagery is so powerful, right? Like it's like I, there's hours that go into it. You guys just see the finished product. Yeah. So it, it like as an older brother, like it sucks to be like, oh, like that nurture aspect took a negative effect on the hours that nobody else saw you were like oh well i should just be that good at it you know um but i do think that that has a that plays a role into it you know i i definitely put more weight on nurture over nature however i don't do that with everything and one thing i don't do that with is body odor body odor. that is 100 percent nature all right and so in order to combat that nature and get you guys smelling great we actually have a sponsored ad this week um and so this shouty touty to sweet suds by katie so this is actually a company that was created during covid19 uh this was a hobby turned business sweet suds by katie it's homemade shea butter based soaps that are created with the finest materials and most of all the best and the secret ingredient love yes these bars of soaps are both environmentally friendly and cruelty-free. They've seen a 400% increase in their sales over the past two weeks. They've Hell been yeah. selling like hotcakes. So we're going to give you uh, our top sellers, but you know we can't say top sellers because we're drum and drummer. So we're going to give you the Liddy Titty bar soaps. Here are the Liddy Titties, guys. All right, we're going to go through this. the Blueberry Muffin Whipped Soap. It's a, <laughs> it's a meringue consistency that feels soft on the skin and baked to perfection with real cinnamon. We have a personal favorite of the founder, Katie, uh, and that is lavender. It's soothing and simply relaxing. You have strawberry marshmallow, which is fresh and sweet as candy, and cucumber melon. Smells so good that you'll want to eat it. And that comes down to the only, the only flaw is that you can't stick a popsicle stick inside of it and eat it because they literally look so good. I mean, you can. You could try. 
No, you cannot. Do not do that. But if you do, let us know and tell us don't, how to do Don't. Don't yeah, do that. Don't. <laughs> and shake yes. Do that. And so if you guys um, take a second, go ahead and look. These are very, very creative bars of soap. They look really, really cool. Um, I'm not lying. They look like popsicles. So go ahead and follow this company at sweet underscore suds underscore soap. Just and in order it. to place an order, just send a DM through Instagram. And just to let her know that you're coming from the Drum and Drummer podcast, just go ahead and send a poop emoji. Just poop let her know that you're tired of smelling like Why shit. Why not? Just do it. So uh, go ahead and give them a follow, you guys. Uh, shout out to this local company. And get clean, guys. Just fucking get clean. Fuck Dove. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, and I want to make it an official segment discussion. So we're going to hit another round of... Is it canon, bro? Don't, that, that part... Always touch my ears in the podcast. I do it just for you. You guys do it that loud. <laughs> you made this choice. <laughs> no, he makes that choice to do that. <laughs> so part of the discussion earlier was the talk about fate and predestination. And so I just wanted to make that an official thing on whether or not Is you it think. predestination, bro? On what? On how? On... Hey, what's that? Uh, our last night song? Fate? How does it go? Uh, es- no, not Escape the Fate. That's another band. Uh, no, it's the song is called Fate. It's about this exact thing. Like, wait, what do you think? Do you, do you really think that you have control of, of like what you, of the outcome of your life, or is where you're gonna be in forty years? Is that always gonna stay the same? But you. And, and everything you do along the way is already okay, predetermined. Yeah, okay, now that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So I think that everything happens for a reason. There's definitely like those monumental moments in everybody's life where they're like, if this didn't happen, I would not be the same person I am today. Uh-huh. And I've and I I think we've all definitely had those moments. All of us, at least in this room, we've all had a, a moment that has we can think of, and I'll be like, man, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have the same mindset. I wouldn't, you know be doing fitness i want to be doing you know art all these like little things that like i can think of off the bat that was like okay that didn't happen that there's then i don't know if i would be here right now you know so i think that's kind of like something where some things that suck just kind of need to happen to make you realize that you know you're going the wrong way you should go this way you know focus on your path but i i believe in that i definitely do i definitely think that that's how i think you know like oh maybe whatever is out there was trying to tell me not to do this stupid shit yeah so i i'm kind of in the same boat so i i don't necessarily believe that like life is controlled and also i hate i've had this argument before and it pisses me off when someone's like do you believe in predestination and i'm like well no because like you know i had a choice to eat a hamburger and a chicken sandwich and like i really wanted a hamburger and they're all but you still chose the hamburger and I'm like, first of all, fuck you. No, that's like literally the worst argument I've ever heard in my life. Like, like it pisses me off. Like, not, like that shit makes me mad. I'm like, they're all, but you didn't. And I'm like, okay, yes, I did. I didn't want to, you know? So I actually think that, like Dalton said, it's funny that you, I, we've actually never talked about this before. I think that there are key points in people's lives that are going to happen. I think that, that it's just like that part is determined, but how you get there can vary. Yeah. I love the idea of free will. I like that I have choices of things to do. I like that I can make my own decisions. I like opportunity and change 
Not, I don't like change, but I like controlled change. I guess you can you say. You don't like like change. What does that mean? I don't like drastic changes. Like like humans as a whole, we don't like change. Like for instance, ants. They all follow each other in a line, right? Because that's the order that they're in. You put something in front of in, in the middle of that line, what happens? They go around it. No, they lose their fucking mind. Depends. What kind of ants are you talking about? Fucking black. The ants in our backyard. <laughs> go okay. go. There's a line out there right now. Go put your finger in the middle of it. They'll climb it. They will not climb it. They'll they literally they just run around like they don't know what to do. But that's yeah. because their order has changed. They lose their mind. They don't know what to do. That's the perfect example of like right now. We're supposed to stay inside. There's fucking people protesting a virus as if it's something to like negotiate about. And then half of them like get COVID. the fact that the virus is gonna be. Oh, you don't care. Oh, you're you're right. We're gonna leave you alone. Like Wait, you're protesting. All right, we'll let us stand. So it's like I there's pillars that are gonna happen. The way you get their changes. Uh, so I don't know. Like it's like. 25% predestined. So you think you think life is like the Telltale games. You know, each episode has two yes. or three things where no matter how you play the story, you have a chance to arrest this guy or let him go if you're the sheriff. You have a chance to save this person or save this person. And everything before that that gets up to that point can be varied or can be different. You're going to hit that point and make a choice there. You're going to do the rest of life for a little while, but then you're also definitely going to hit this next point and yeah. have to make a choice there. And I also think you can stop at a certain point. That's like, I, like I don't think yeah. that like the ending is determined. Like I don't like, I, I know that kind of contradicts what I said earlier. Um, <laughs> but for instance, if somebody knows, Oh, I'm going to get there regardless of what I do. I'm not going to do anything. You're not going to get there. I, I like, you still got to work for something. I, like if the ending is you're going to die in a hospital bed. Okay. Yeah. You'll probably get there. But if the ending is like, you're going to die in a mansion and you're going to be in this, you know, you're going to have a beautiful wife and a thousand Ferraris. Like, but also if someone told you your destiny, they're like, you're going to be, you're going to end up here. Would then, you want to follow that? Was, no. Well, it was like, one, do you want to follow that? And two, doesn't that make you want to work a little bit less? Yeah, if I don't you're, ever If you're supposed to be destined to do yeah, that, I, I wouldn't want to know. Like no. you know how people go to fortune tellers and they they yeah. I, I have no desire to. Yeah, like I'm I'm okay with figuring it out mm -hmm. because I don't want to be told well, you're gonna have this and then every single day that I don't have it, like one or two things, either like oh I'm gonna get there, like I'm gonna have that and having that anticipation, but then every single day that I don't, it's gonna be like what am I doing wrong? Why don't I have it yet? You know, because now it goes from, oh, what am I going to have to when am I going to have it? The question just changes. I'm okay with figuring it out. I like to think about, let me see if I can explain it this way. I like to think about it like if I saw me in the future and I asked myself, hey, how did you do it? And I was like, oh, it just kind of happened. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want that answer from myself. I would want myself explaining, okay, well, I did this and I saw that I could do this better. So I worked on this. I kept working, working, working. And there's little pieces, you know, through that time period where but don't don't you think if your future person gave you that answer that they'd have a reason that they gave you that answer instead of giving you the answer that you want right mine now mine would i never get just give the answer i give explanations but that's what i'm saying <laughs> if you know that a future you came to you they would give you explanations and you got that chance to meet future you and they didn't i'd like be disappointed what, i would be would upset. You be, be but like, don't, don't you think there'd be a reason it? that they would know how you're thinking and they still gave you that answer like there's a reason Maybe they're not telling you. Like, yeah, I think so. It's gonna I, light a fire in you. I, I to think do it the... would. I for okay. I'm talking to 18 year old me. Oh God. I wouldn't give them everything. 
Even though 18-year-old you would be thinking, if I met 25-year-old Matt, 26-year-old Matt, he wouldn't just give me some vague answer. He would tell me because I think d- the, details. The, I think the joy in life is, is figuring it out. What? You're old. <laughs> Shut up. I think that it would just take the fun out of it, man. Like, Don't get me wrong. It causes stress. It causes anxiety. It causes unnecessary pain Being and proud. When, when you're at that moment where you're like, I've done it. I like ideally like you have everything that you thought you wanted or you dreamt you wanted but, but when you're at that moment like it doesn't have to be like you don't have to like be stagnant after that but i'm just saying like i have a goal in my head when i reach that goal i'm going to be so proud of myself that i have achieved it but then it's be like okay what's next yes but at the same time the lessons i've learned from my failures are so valuable that i wouldn't be me without those things so i wouldn't tell younger me to do x y and z i might say hey focus on this you know which is a huge key would you lead him to those failures no i i wouldn't lead him to that because i think that there's other things that that can teach him the same thing i definitely wouldn't deter him from him like don't get me wrong i know how painful it is i know how how much it hurt and how hard i had to work to get out of those those things and situations but i wouldn't change who i am today for anything you know, and I still have a lot of work to do. I'm not perfect by any means. I would yeah. like to know. I would like to be like, have my future self be like, look, keep doing what you're doing. You're going to get there. Just keep going. Yeah. That would be okay. I'd be like, okay, well, at least you it, know, there's like confirmation. I'm doing it gives something me right. something yeah. that I'm like not lost in this yeah. world. You know, I might even be like, hey, focus on this skill. I don't know if I would want that. I would. Because knowing me, I still wouldn't go all in. And this actually leads me to like another question. How much do you actually trust yourself? Like when you have a gut instinct, do you like just like without question go for it? Like I trust myself to do it, or do you go around and seek validation from other people? Depends. Is it like Star Wars theories and stuff? If it's Star Wars, I know it. No, I, no, I, these I, are like I'm life talking decisions. life situations. Life but I mean, I guess it could Star work to that. Like you know, like the the day you sat on your car and had all that, you decided to quit college. That was deliberated. Mm-hmm. But it was a gut instinct you had yeah. and deliberated with yourself. Yeah. You yeah. followed your gut instinct yeah. compared to maybe something else where you had a gut instinct, but then you didn't feel right about it. So you went to talk to Matt and you went to talk to me or you went to talk to Jess or someone. Yeah, some type of, got some type of. Uh, so it's like how much basically how much do you okay. trust your gut instincts versus how much do you need to evaluate what you want to do? I think my personality makes me want to go for my gut instinct all the time. But I think I've gotten better at that. I I wasn't always good at that. But I think following your gut and just going for what you believe in is always good. I think it depends on the situation. But it always depends on the situation. Yeah. Personally, I have like a filter system. Like I, both of you, all, everybody in this room right now, even the dogs, are in my filter system of like people that I talk to about situations. And like, you know, I, I value your opinion on things that are going on whether through that's because of your past life past experiences or if that's because i just know how your guys' brains are different than mine and i value those perspectives but honestly and i think both of you will nod greatly yes to this at the end of the day i still go with my gut instinct i think i trust my gut a lot but that also comes with like i'm willing to hang my hat on my failures like i will i i my my life is too intertwined for me to have a failure and not have some aspect of that life know about it uh-huh. like when i fail everybody knows and i have to deal with it and everybody asks me about it and we talk about it you know what i mean but i'm also okay with that like, like are you though like i feel like sometimes with you with the way you are like you're very vocal about things that you're doing 
and when something doesn't go the way it was supposed to be planned, like you, you like yeah, you have to suck it up. Yeah, people are gonna ask you about it. You got to be honest about how you failed at this one thing. But I feel like that would help you in the future, you know, knowing that you failed something. Everyone knows about it. I think, too, you also talk to other people, even though you follow your gut instinct, to approach it differently, maybe? Not like, to approach no, it. No, I'm looking for the validation. Not to essentially pro- approach it differently. Yes, for validation, but also to know how to react to the consequences. Uh, you know, I've never actually okay. thought about that. Because if you know how I would approach it, if you know how Monique would approach it, if you know how Dalton approach it, you think of what comes from that. What are the consequences of that? That way you have something to compare your consequences to and maybe have different ways to move on from there. But still the initial choice is your own choice. Yeah. And I think too, like a lot of times when I ask people things like I've already made the decision subconsciously. I don't think I I know it yet. Because a lot of times I'll like, I've I've chosen this. Like this is what I'm going to do. And then I'll go talk to people. And then halfway through, I'm like, no, you know what? It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. And I go through. And at the end of the day, it's not like anybody's told me anything different. I'm like, you know what? No, I think I still got to do this. But then is that predestined? Like was I always going to do that to begin with? I think for you maybe. Just for me? I think everybody's different. You know, everybody takes quality information differently. You know, it's like you trust me, but how much do you want to trust me? And plus, like, when it's something that you know, when you know it's going to be the right way to do something, and, like, you ask people around, but, like, you're just looking for, like, what how David explained. I think that's what you're looking for, but I just don't think you would ever change your mind. Yeah. Sometimes I feel I can talk to you about something, tell you, oh, like, this is what this means, but you're also, you already know what it means. So am I really changing anything you're thinking about? Probably not. It just kind of is OB in your head. No, I don't I, think you'll I, ever consider it to something differently. Yeah, but I, I think it's still valuable because, like, that's information I didn't have before. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, predestiny. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> canon, bro. Fate. Canon, bro? Fate. Yeah, there you go. Canon, bro? It's a hard one. It's There's so many things that go into that. Yeah. So many questions. It's like, it fucks up with your mind. I'm going to be thinking about this all day. I don't know. Our listeners, let us know. Uh, do you? I mean, you said yes. Yeah. So You, I, you said it's a marriage of both. Yeah, but there I, are milestones that will never be eluded, but what you do with those milestones will affect your up life. To you. Absolutely. So let's um let's close this out with a with some more lighthearted stuff, and we're gonna close out with the sexpert corner. All right, you come to the right place for all your sex questions, all those deep burning desires that you just needed the answers to. You've come to the right place. We've got our sex. Ask him your question. He's got answers. Don't sex but <laughs> So the title of this corner is My Male 26 Girlfriend, Female 25, is cheating on me in a role playing game. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Word all that again, please. <laughs> is, this, ma- is it someone he knows? Like my male twenty six boyfriend is I no. So my my this guy is a male twenty six year old. His girlfriend, oh. who is a female twenty five year old, is cheating on him. Okay, who brought up the scenario? Game. I don't know why the ages matter. Yes, let's get honest. into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's. You so know, let's have a sim section. His girlfriend of three years <laughs> has been extremely addicted to video games lately, and in particular. A role-playing community on Grand Theft Auto Five. All right, right. that stuff's intense. So he suggested video games to her, 
because he played WoW and he was like super into it. Wow. And uh, she tried WoW and then was like, no, it's not. Yeah, you know, I don't like a, it. Blah, blah, blah. It's a turn-based game. It's However, later she got involved with role playing on, on GTA Five, and it stopped her from drinking and partying, and it helped her restlessness and her boredom. So he lets her have her privacy on it, and sometimes she would talk to him about it, and sometimes she would ask his help for things that are going on to it. But then suddenly she mentioned that she was role playing a relationship and was talking sexually with other guys as well as role playing sex and would chat with them on Discord, which he wasn't okay with. So he told her his concerns and that he felt like she was crossing some boundaries because of, because they started talking about past relationships and past sexual experiences. <laughs> the talks got out of hand and they argued and she said she would keep it casual and not talk about personal intimate subjects anymore and that she wouldn't engage in erotic role play or anything. So he gave her the benefit and let it go on. And, and, uh, and then one day they were partying and when they came home, she talked about how she wanted him to push her around and like take advantage of her. And so he was like, oh, okay, cool. She wants to try out some new stuff. Role play. And she usually was vanilla, like a lot more, and didn't like to experiment. And then she said, oh, no, she just had role played it. GTA 5 changed And people. during role play, she found it turned her on. So she, she, wanted to, she, <laughs> she wanted to experience it with him. And so he got super mad about it. And they were arguing, yelling. And she had apparently role played erotically with a guy and talked about sex out of the game as well as with him. Fine. So from that, he's just is very angry about that and she can't and won't see what she did was wrong. And she said that she felt neglected by him and that their lives were becoming boring. I think she just developed a lot of curiosity. So all of that out on the table, where do you think they go from here? Where do I think? And where do you think the situation stands? So is that first question? Is that cheating? I think that depends on if you determine cheating to be a physical act or if there can be an intimate connection with somebody else to her and that would be cheating physical act. Yeah. So it seems like they have both have different meanings of it. Like for her, it's definitely like, well, nothing answered me. Like, so I don't know. I would say it's what's leading to cheating. It was not to me. It's not exactly cheating. It's like the precursor. It's a precursor. And it's like, you, you smoke weed, but it's a gateway drug. Yeah. So that's like the gateway drug to like, oh, another person's in my pants. You know? Uh-oh. So, <laughs> Whoa, how does dick get here? How does dick get here? <laughs> Popping out the computer. <laughs> so, so, okay. So then going a little more specific, she's role-playing sexual stuff and she's role-playing a relationship. Do you think that's fine? And do you think she still went farther than that? So she was like role playing a relationship, but then she also said she started talking about past relationships I think, and started talking yeah. about talking, talking to the guy outside of the game. So I think that, that seems to break yeah, the role so play. I think there's something with like virtual, right? Like, and, and granted, I, the, the, the line can be very thin as to far, like literally what's the difference as far as the intent is concerned. I mean, it comes a lot like people virtually always feel invincible because they feel like, oh, you're not actually here. So I could say these things. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have to be the person that I am in real life. Yeah, so exactly. That's where she was at. Yeah, but also like I think it depends on the relationship. I I so Vice, which is a YouTube channel, they ju- I just watched something about this couple and they like they're in they're sex workers and it's like a couple. They have a whole studio. They you know they take pictures of each other. They have film videos together, but they have you know like private chat rooms for their you know gold members and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And they're doing things that their members are asking. Is it 
cheating because they're catering to somebody else's fantasy while it may be their own does that consider cheating i think it depends i think that's a relationship that i mean clearly in this scenario it's cheating because they haven't clearly communicated it to each other right like clearly one party is very uncomfortable and unhappy with the with what's going on so that's a red flag in and of itself you know and and that's something that you know they got to figure out but as far as like the actual act i I think that's such a gray area because I think every couple handles that differently. So what would your advice be to these two? Stop playing GTA 5. (laughs) (laughs) Find a new game. (laughs) Go back to WoW. (laughs) I think, though, like if the... Play some Kingdom Hearts. I I, I think if like the, the girlfriend, though, I think if she started to like truly feel actual attraction to this other person during these sexual encounters, I think that's like a red flag. I think she I think her world opened up and she's like, oh, there's people other than my boyfriend that, that like me that want to talk to me. And then she was like, oh, you know, like I've never heard that. Like, oh, yeah. Anal. What's this? You yeah. know, like she heard all these new things that maybe her boyfriend wasn't introducing to her or maybe he was just happy where he was at. And she just didn't know this whole world of interpreting your sexuality is out there. Maybe she just didn't know how to do it. Maybe she didn't know how to talk about it. But then this guy that was on there helped her like talk about it as they joked around on it. A joked in parentheses. Yeah, because in a lot of times virtually there's less quote-unquote consequences or fear and fear both you know because like you know you have no fear because you feel like there's no actual consequences yeah, you know so you don't know where this this person doesn't know where you're at you don't know where this person that you can try this out see how you feel about it if you like it great and which i is what she did because she exactly know. but then also you know the, she might she might have dug herself in a hole on accident but then been like all right i kind of like it here and I, I don't i think they should probably she probably wants more out of him, and he doesn't know that anymore. That's that's, that's just a communication thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something that leads to cheating. So, Don, as the sex expert, how would you handle this? Um, stop playing GTA Five for like an hour and talk about it, and then you know, like break up with your virtual boyfriend because that's cheating if you're actually together. Yeah, just- I would. I mean, I wouldn't want my girlfriend to have a virtual boyfriend. You know. It's just it's just a concept thing. Unless we were having an open relationship and they were both cool with it. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're saying define what cheating means to them too yeah, yeah yeah define what you want in the relationship if you want to have open relationships like that's fine but just let the other person know that you want that yeah <laughs> don't just do it on your own <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree all right everybody if you made it this far into the podcast thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts we appreciate your time episode 24 coming to a close man that's a big thing for us guys big next week is episode 25 episode 25 whoa, whoa, whoa don't do the math yet we'll figure that out all right I mean, let me let me write that down uh, but, episode. <laughs> but as always uh f- from the bottom of our hearts thank you go ahead and let's uh give katie at sweet suds soap a follow so at sweets underscore suds shouty touty shouty touty go ahead and give her a follow go ahead and like her content if you, like order, it. you order something make sure you use that poop emoji so she knows where you're coming from uh-huh. and uh, go ahead and give us a five-star rating and a review leave us some comments you can find us at drum podcast on instagram and on twitter and go ahead let us know if there's any content that you like or you know what if you disagree with us just be like dalton you sounded dumb as hell bro like i don't agree with you yeah, or be like matt you're probably the smartest person i've ever met in my entire life like you're so smart you know go ahead and say that um but as always we really do appreciate you guys' listens um the reviews and the comments really do help us and until next week have a great week stay safe i'm drum i'm drummer we'll see you guys then bye bye
fart so much in my life. Okay. Oh, she, she, he was echoing down the hallway. And I'm here, like, tra- being all serious, like, into the game or whatever. And he was just, like, with every step, he'd be like, bark, bark, bark. <laughs> I'm like, 